Welcome to the 20th episode of Celibate Vegan Voices. I am your co-host, Monique Lukens, along with my co-host, Chandler Klebs, and together we are the Celibate Vegan Compadres. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about Chandler's experience in the church and why he left, uh, but we don't we don't want you to think that we are uh anti spirituality or whatnot because Chandler and I we're kind of the same but we're kind of different and um he just had an experience that I actually have been feeling and that's why we're gonna talk about it. But what does this have to do with celibacy? Well, a lot because the church, and well, it depends on what church you're in, but most of them actually promote celibacy until you're married. Only they call it abstinence. Um, I believe the Bible states that periods of celibacy are good in a marriage to bring the pair closer together. But no one says to actually be celibate in marriage except Chandler and me <laughs> and uh, some asexuals and some spiritual people. And, well, I guess there's some other people out there as well. But um, it's it's difficult because you have been told your whole life to wait till marriage. And then if you want to refrain from intercourse, then, well, it's not accepted in in most churches or they think that you're supposed to be single and not married. You're supposed to submit to one another. So that's why we're talking about this and also how morals are developed. Are they within the church? Are they outside of the church? Or are they in both? And what happens when you are a believer, a follower of a particular religion, but you don't necessarily agree with everything if anything but um in in particular what what we're talking about discussing with the celibacy and now of course with the whole gay movement coming around a lot of churches don't believe in that and what if you're of a progressive nature and you just feel that you want people to be able to partner with who they want you know, how, where does that leave you as a church member? And so, yeah, we're, I guess we're going to discuss some of these, uh, these ideas. And Chandler, I really want to hear what you have to say, why you left the church. Because, I'm, I mean, I, I'm a believer, but there's some things that I question. And I've been in some situations where... 
I feel that because I question, it's not accepted that I even question. And I had a relationship where basically I was left because I wasn't Christian enough. Um, and these things really actually hurt me because I don't consider myself a completely secular person. Um, and recently I was also asked if I may want to consider singing for different churches. But my belief, my, 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 my values, my beliefs have somewhat been altered throughout the years. And because of that, I wonder, would I be able to be truthful as I'm singing to a congregation about Jesus? Because I do believe that he existed and was spiritual and, you know, there's a plan around him. But also because I'm an intelligent person, I feel, because I'm a a thinking person. Well, you can be intelligent and thinking that there are two different things, kind of. And I'm a feeling person. I do research. I I have more of an open mind than some church people would want me to have. And so I feel like if I was to get a job in the churches, I might have to box myself up as far as my beliefs. And the one thing, I mean, I can box up actions, but I don't know if I could box up thoughts. You know what I mean? Because I'm a I'm a cerebral type of person, like you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so, Monique, I think what we should do is, like, I should go through a brief history of, you know, my my life, how I was raised Christian, but how I no longer believed. Um, Because, I mean, obviously, this is kind of a long process, but, you know... Let's, let's start out like we'll tell them how my experience was and then you can ask me questions and then we could talk more specifically how it relates to the veganism and the celibacy because it actually relates to both. Um, see, I was raised Christian from the earliest years. You know, I mean, my mom always took me to whatever church she was attending and we've actually been in a variety of different Protestant denominations of Christianity. And, you know, they've all got their own different stuff they believe. And there's no, uh, there's no rhyme or reason that we can see why they believe these different things. Because, you know, because the thing, Monique, that you may not understand about Protestants, because I know you were raised Catholic, is Protestants are all about the 66 books of the Protestant canon of Scripture that they call the Bible. And Catholics have more books in their in their Bibles than do the Protestants, which you know that goes into ancient history how that happened. But that what they say is that in order to be a Christian, you have to like believe that everything in those sixty six books happened, everything from Genesis all the way to Revelation. You've got to believe that those that those stories happened because it because it's because that book is true. It's infallible and inerrant. So you can't doubt anything in that book. And so you have to believe all these things happen. Um, But it's not just that. 
they also require you to specifically believe that you were born a sinner. Okay, you've probably heard of this, Monique, like that you were, were born into sin and therefore you deserve to go to hell um, just for existing, basically. But and I, and I want to just interject there. The last church that I went to was the Seventh-day Adventist, and at least they believe in vegetarianism. At least most of them do. Uh, and, and I think that's more because it's like a, a health thing. They want to take care of the temple which is, you know, great because I don't think that churches put enough stress on the body that, you know, is supposedly containing the soul. Um, so I like that. But the last person that I heard speak, I was feeling really bad because he was preaching just as you're saying. Okay, it's a good thing to know that we're all sinners in a way because you know, then none of us are perfect and we don't, we know that we, we all make mistakes, right? Because if you, if, if we thought that everybody was perfect and then we make a mistake, then that, that doesn't feel good. But when you continue as he was doing to beat it into one that were sinners, it actually feels really bad and he was talking about how he was helping uh people who were drug addicts and you know the bottom they, they've gone to the bottom in life and that's great but this and and he's calling them broken and whatnot and look i understand where he's coming from but to continue, I mean, he was treating us like we are so, so broken. If you keep saying that to people, that lowers their esteem. Now, of course, he's saying, but Jesus doesn't care. You know, we'll, you'll rise up. You, you, he'll, he'll, he'll carry you through. That's fine. But the way that it is being interpreted, at least by me, is it feels real bad. I'm sure you've heard of positive affirmations, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I believe in positive, positive affirmations, and I feel that a lot of times the church is negatively affirming in order to get you to believe in, in, in Jesus. And I don't think that that's healthy. And I really didn't feel good. Now, I didn't tell him that because I respect that he's trying to help people, you know, going around. He was a drug addict himself. And that's another thing. Like, I've also noticed that some of the people that are preaching the hardest, they, their lifestyle was the worst. <laughs> So they're kind of like preaching to some people that might be, you know, really good and trying to do well in their life. And now they're calling them broken and stuff. To me, like my esteem started going down. Again, I don't feel that he was trying to do that. But I think that that's what can happen if you keep negating people. Yeah. So, but how can I tell him all that? Because really... 
the belief is that only Jesus could save you. We're all sinners. So I can tell him to affirm us, but is that really going to change anything? I don't know. I didn't try. I didn't want to. I was scared. (laughs) Well, well, here's the thing. As you know, Monique, you can't question these people. They think they're preaching what's the absolute truth. And if you question them on it, then they'll just, you know, they'll just want to get rid of you because you're rocking the boat. You're asking questions. And And that happened to me. Yes, that happened to me at a different church. It was a Pentecostal. I was asking him about the animal sacrifices and, you know, the wives submitting to the husband. And and I guess my voice was like being raised a bit because when I get impassioned about something, it's just something that my voice does. And then my former partner He thought that I was arguing. He actually said I was arguing with the preacher when I didn't feel I was arguing with him at all. I felt that I was just trying to tell him my my viewpoint on why I was just concerned about going into a church when some of these things that I've read just are concerning. Like I didn't even say, you know, I hate the church. It's bad. Like I didn't use anything. I just pointed out a few things that were troubling to me. And so you're right. My partner said I was arguing with him because the pr- the preacher or the pastor said that I was arguing with him and I wasn't. Yeah. And see, that's just like the kind of thing that happened to my mom in churches. Cause you know, she didn't like the way that churches treated women. She didn't like, you know, the way, the, the, you know, the, the way the Bible seemed to say things and the, and the way that they use the Bible to keep women silent, you know, about women being silent in the churches and submitting to their husbands. And they, they do everything they can to make sure that women always shut up and are always obedient to men and everything. And so my oh, mom, what? yeah, took re- oh. a big issue with that, too. Well, I OK. And I have a question regarding that. See. It says, wives submit to your husbands as husbands submit to the church. So how are we interpreting husbands submitting to the church? Like, there there is like a big sort of dichotomy there, I think, in what each one means. I think that submitting to the church is almost like very, very spiritual, I mean, not necessarily, but that's what comes to my mind firsthand. Like, Mm. submit to the church. Okay, I submit to God. Although it could be like, do whatever I say, you know, give me my tithe, which is money to the church. It could be that, too, or everything. Whereas when you hear submit to the husband, I don't know about you, but my mind automatically goes to submitting sexually. And most people think that. Yeah. And then, you know, secondary, like, you know, obey him with everything. Now, the marriage vows, I guess it is in the vows still sometimes, but it's like to love, honor, and obey. Now, I'm, I, I like the love part. <laughs> you need that. I, I, I really like the honor part, too, because you should honor your partner. Otherwise, why are you together? You know? I don't want to dishonor my partner, but the obey part that concerns me and both male and female say it to one another. 
but how can you both obey one another? <laughs> it's a contradiction. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm I'm really concerned about that passage because that has totally been taken out of context. The wife submitting to the husband for for macho reasons. <laughs> it has. And I don't know why it was put there in the first place when again I'm saying a wife submitting to a husband and a husband submitting to a church, I find are two vastly different things. So it's just concerning to me when yeah. people point. Yeah, I agree, Monique. And see, I look at it that way, too. I mean, it does seem this whole about a woman obeying and submitting to her husband does seem like basically the man saying, have sex with me whenever I want. You know, you, what you think doesn't matter. That, that It's basically that's how it comes across. And that's the way it tends to be used by a lot of Christian men in these churches. They, they, they will use... Uh, the Bible in that way and say that it's God's will for their wives to do anything they want, including sexually, you know, which concerns me because I, I am, I'm drawn to a person that has morals, values, and a sense of godliness. And when I say that, I mean, I just want the person to have faith because faith gives a person hope. But when all these other things are against a woman, then I get concerned, do I really want to be with a Christian man? Or what type of Christian man do I want to be with? Because I, as you said, I mean, a person could get themselves into a predicament. And it's not just submitting with the sex. It's everything else. Like, <laughs> one person recently said, oh, um, the, it, it's funny how the man wants to be the head of the household, but, oh, they'll let the woman work and also raise the kids and cook and clean. Y you know, I mean... Some of these men, they won't lift a finger. <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, I heard a commercial yesterday. I don't remember what it was for. It wasn't for the church, though. It was for some product. Well, she said she had a full-time job, and she was, you know, cooking, cleaning, and raising the kids. And... The character in this commercial did not mention anything about a husband or she didn't say that she was a single mom either. So I guess she was married. It, you know, this character in the commercial. And I thought, well, still, in this day and age, if you want your wife to work outside to earn income, to support the family... And you're making her do everything. What kind of a man are you? What kind of a Christian man are you? I, I don't know, you know, her, what her pretend husband was. But it, to me, it's, I'm, I'm, let, let's talk Christian or you know, any religious. If they think that the woman is weaker and should be submitting, 
then why would you have her do all the work? If she's weaker, then wouldn't <laughs> you want to take the load? Yeah. I mean, you know, exactly. you want bags underneath her eyes and her to age like quickly. You know, uh, men, men used to want women to stay home and like they would they would do the uh, the hard stuff. And I, I'm not saying that cooking and cleaning isn't hard. It is. But, you know, going out there into the rat race and doing whatever their job is. And they didn't want their they didn't want the women to work. I mean, there were many men that were very opposed to the women working. And I would think I would say that more of them, too. They they didn't want it to look like they were kind of like abusing her in a way, you know, like they, they wanted to keep up a status, man. It was like not a good thing to make your wife go out into the workplace. Um, and maybe even for it could be scandalous, too, in, in some ways. Um, maybe he was concerned that she'd be hit on or whatever. Um, but wrapping this up, I also think that they wanted her to look pretty. And I'm going to tell you something. If you are continued continuing to put yourself through the grinder and you are, if you are cooking, cleaning, raising kids, having a full-time job, having to do the shopping, having to like, you know, shuffle kids back and forth, not getting enough sleep. And then on top of it, having to be penetrated by your man, which I don't think is healthy, then, uh, hello, <laughs> you are going to start, like, aging quicker. It's just like a car. You could have two cars, both the year 1990. And if you're driving that 1990 car around, the yellow one, all around, after a while, it's going to clunk out. It's going to get dense. It's going to get scratches. But if you have the, 19, the, the red 1990 in your garage and you never use it, maybe on occasion on a Sunday drive, which one's going to look better? Yeah, the <laughs> one that's never used. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, so coming around in full circle, if Christian men want their women to be beautiful and, you know, submitting and feminine, and why would they, like, put them through all this but they do they make them work constantly a lot of them so to me yeah. it just doesn't make sense yeah and you know what the worst part is monique after that woman's worn out then they decide that they don't like her anymore they divorce her and go with somebody else that's what oh seems they do to, yeah that's what they do they do and and even though they're not supposed to have divorce you know in today's day and age they'll do that Look at the politicians, for goodness sake. Now, I know we always get into politics, but look at Trump. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You know? And he, he just, they, they just said something. I, I haven't read it, but something about, oh, what do we need girls or women for? I'll, I'll have to read the article. But, you know, some of the guys that he has in his cabinet and that he's buddy-buddy with, oh, you know, they just... I, I don't even know if they believe in God. I, I just kind of think that it's all a facade. And that's really bothersome. And that makes me push away from the church. And churches don't want to get into politics necessarily. But guess what? I think a lot of them are, you know, especially the top people. And if you see that politicians aren't 
behaving in a Christian manner, yet they say that they are? Well, I do think that that needs to be spoken to. Because the church is a community, and it's supposed to be learning, sharing. But as you said, it doesn't seem like it's like that so much. It seems more like it's dictating. And that, again, is why I would love to sing and be paid for singing. And, you know, it's a wholesome environment. I like wholesomeness. But on the other side of the coin is all the stuff that I've just discussed and what you've discussed. Yeah, and, and that's unpleasant to me, and it's scary. And we haven't even scratched the iceberg yet of all the problems that that go on. I mean, we've talked just about you know how they how they treat their women, but you know there's there's several things. Um, first of all, you know in the Bible it is commanded by God for people to kill animals. It was commanded for the Jews to kill animals as part of regular ritual sacrifices. When, a, when somebody was, was born, when a woman had her period, or, 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 you know, or whenever somebody did some kind of a sin, then they would kill some animal. And then, of course, the, the wars against the Canaanites were also commanded by God, and God told them to kill every, every, everyone in a particular city. Sometimes they would kill everyone, um, including all the non-human animals. They didn't just kill the men and the women and the children. They killed the, the non-human animals. Other times what they did is they would kill all of them except the women and then make them their sex slaves. And, <laughs> and so – but it's, it's – you know, they – they believe that it was God's will, and that's the way the Bible was written, that God commanded these things to take place. And so right there we have a, an, an issue because the Protestant Christians believe everything in that book. So they believe that it really was God's will for all of those humans and those other animals to be killed in those bloody wars. And so – I'll tell you something, Monique. The murderers, the rapists, the carnists, you know, all those people are behaving like Christians because Christians have to go along with God's will in their book. And that was how I saw it. I, I see now that by, by being um, vegan, I'm actually disobedient to the Christian God who wants there to be killing. So that's that's an issue, and then the celibacy. Hey, I'm I'm breaking God's commandment to be fruitful and multiply. You know, it's, yeah. it, it gets weirder the more yeah. you think about it. Well, then that's another reason why I'm concerned because I feel when you're in the church, there is a pressure for you to, yeah, to have a family, um, and I don't mean just be married. So. I, I just could imagine, like, if I was at band rehearsals, what people would be asking me and whatnot. And, God, I, I just, I I really shrink from any sort of controversy. <laughs> I do, which is funny to say because our show is controversial to some. But you and I are on the same page. Yeah. If I'm on a different page than somebody... I do not. I really don't like arguing with people. I don't. Yes. Yeah, which is 
one reason I don't, you know, I'm very particular about relationships because there's always something. And, um, you know, even like with a roommate, it's like, there's always something. <laughs> and, uh, and I don't want to be railroaded over in my thoughts. You know, the more I am alone, the more, the, the smarter I get sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I don't have to, there's this word again, submit to somebody else's way of living or thinking. Yeah. And, yeah. and I'll listen, but I'll listen to shows and I'll get educated other ways. So I'm just saying, yeah. I, I am not against having a partner, but I'm just saying that, yeah, it's like when two people are on different pages, like I, I totally like shrink from that. I, I, I don't like it. And I could just imagine that happening to me as I'm practicing to sing. And, you know, and it's like then I'm getting paid and then I feel like all weird. And yeah, see, so. Monique, OK, here's what would happen. See, if you start getting involved in the church, of course, this could happen with um, with any group or any job you got. But I think this would be particularly bad in the churches. And here's why, because, you know, they're going to ask you stuff. They're going to start yeah. asking you about what you believe. They're going to start asking yeah. you about, are you married? Do you have any kids? You know, They're going to start yeah. asking you this, and then you're going to have the men of that church hitting on you and wanting to date and marry you. And so, like, I mean, it's, it's a terrifying thing. I mean, and Monique, you know me. I'm scared of people. And, like, I was, I was trying to explain this to Pawful recently, too, how I'm like you. I, you know, I don't like conflict i don't like to be put on the spot and i feel very very uncomfortable when i'm going out to eat with my my friends from work and then they're all questioning me why i'm not putting butter on my potato you know it's like ugh. you know i don't want to explain about the murder and rape of cows and factory farming and that animals are not our property i mean i just want to have a good time i don't want to have to explain veganism all the time you know and so yeah even though our show is controversial we already have understand everything so it's not like we're what like we're having to preach the whole message to each other because we already know everything we know why we're vegan we know why we're celibate we know everything but in dealing with other people, it's difficult. And yeah, you're you're right, Chandler. We we do already know, and we do agree. And uh, it's <laughs> it's controversial to some people, but interestingly enough, the most famous celibate that I know of right now to date is Nikola Tesla. Did you know he was celibate and possibly asexual? Well, people are trying to make a buck off of this guy, and he was like so poor at the end. <laughs> he he did his inventions and whatnot not to make money. He just wanted to progress, and you know it, it was just in him. I think his birthday is coming up. He was a Cancerian, and um. Yeah, people are making a buck off of this guy, you know, with the, the car, the Tesla car. There's a film <laughs> coming out. Um, 
And uh, there was another thing that I just, oh, oh, there's like a ride share or something like that. Tesla ride share. I don't, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like Tesla cars moving around, but there's actually a driver there and it's like a, a carpooling type of thing. But what I wanted to say is, well, yeah, the man did all these incredible things, but he was celibate and now everybody's banking on him. <laughs> and it's like, he probably went through a lot of crummy stuff during his life because he was celibate. You know, but he 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 remained celibate because he didn't want a, a relationship or marriage or sex or whatever. All three, one of them, what to get in the way of his work. Um, but yeah, I ju I just want to state that people can make money. I mean, you and I have been talking about trying to make a little money from the show because people certainly are banking off of sex. But it seems like so sad to me that this man died poor and now everybody's banking off the fact that, you know, he made these amazing inventions and he remained celibate. He sacrificed and whatnot, you know, but while he was living, it probably wasn't like the best. That gets me a little bit upset. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't really know much about him or his inventions. I've just heard you mention him. But, yeah, I, I don't know. The Tesla car, it's an electric car. So, yeah, look look it up. But, um, yeah, like, what if he, like, somebody like him, like, being questioned or, you know, why don't you have a family, blah, 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 blah. And it's like. I understand what you're saying. I don't want to keep being questioned. And you're right. It can happen ever, anywhere, but it's going to be happening more in a church setting because they have a certain mold that they want you to be in. And if you're single, you're right. All the guys are going to come up to you. I mean, it ha it happens to me in the entertainment um, world to an extent, it depends on where I am. When I'm in the comedy clubs, um, I have guys coming up to me more there because there's not many women. And if there are some of the women, they tend to be more on the, mm, I don't know, masculine or cruder side. Not all of them. But it's really difficult for me because I don't want to be approached every time I'm like performing and doing something. And this is, this is with my Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders get up too. Can you imagine? I'm just kind of wondering like these men, like they're attracted to me when I do these, like these male characters. I don't know what that makes them, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What kind, of funny. Place, what kind of place is this? Monique? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I, I just I don't like it. I feel like I'm I feel like it's a meat market in some ways. And I'm I'm sure that that's how it would be in the church. And then you have to be like careful because you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And ah, uh, that part, I, I, I don't like being single for that part. I will say that I don't like it at all. So 
I hear you. But continue on with the plight of why you left. Yeah. Yeah, see, here's the deal. So, okay, now, the way they treated women and the fact that, you know, they they viewed it as God's will to do all this killing and that it was all something God approved of and commanded. So that right there represents a moral dilemma because if you're somebody who does not think that violence is good, if, you, if you're like me and you think violence is bad and that there's no reason for hurting somebody – um, you know, and you want to follow the golden rule, well, then you generally are going to want to be the very opposite of the Christian God. And, of course, you know, there's all these contradictions because, you know, Jesus promoted the golden rule, but it's very complicated. There's mixed messages. There's contradictions in the Bible. There's contradictions in the, in the belief system of each individual person, not to mention the conflict among the denominations. So I, what, I was thrown into a time in my life when I didn't know what to believe anymore. Like I just knew the way I wanted to live. I knew, I knew what was right and wrong, you know, but it was not informed by a religion because religion it just confuses people, you know. Like, for example, I, I know this guy who he used to be a vegan, but then he later – quit veganism because he realized that God uh, gave humans permission to eat meat, so it wasn't wrong. And and like, okay, so people base their lives on what this religion says, whether it's some preacher or whether it's the Bible. And it's like people have to use their own brain and think things logically and scientifically and 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 just and just you know treat others as you want to be treated, and that's enough. And so, I mean, sure, that's a shortened version of the whole story. But basically, I said, forget religion. We don't need it. I don't need religion, and I don't think anybody else does. They're just brainwashed into that system because, like me, they were probably raised in it from the time they were a tiny baby. You know, I had an experience as well with my former partner when he became really heavily immersed in the church. Um, he, well, he was going through a bad time because he has, um, he has a, a, a disability where, uh, well, I won't get into it all because of his privacy, but he was going through a very, very, very bad time. And no, no drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Just, just this disability. So he started eating just like bread. He wasn't making a lot of money and he couldn't. And I said, does that bread have milk in it? He said, I don't know. Like before when I had first met him, oh, he was a real stickler. I mean, I remember I treated him for his birthday and they brought cream on like I think he got spaghetti or something and and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this to you Chandler but sometimes if by accident I get an animal product and it's too late to give it back sometimes I'll just finish it because I feel okay well the animal gave up it's life or whatever, you know, and it's like, now I'm just going to throw it away. Cause if I bring it back, 
they're just going to throw it away. But lately I haven't because I thought to myself, you know, they got to realize that the mistake that they made and that it's a serious thing for people. Plus, I notice sometimes when I've done that, I don't feel so good. Like, you know, usually it happens with cheese and I can feel it instantly. Um, so I was really disappointed. And, you know, he gave me the same speech that your friend did regarding it's okay to eat meat because God allowed it. Not that he is, but here's one thing. It's been like three years that he's been at this one church. And I'll, I'll, I'll ask him, why, you know, how, how about you outreach to them? And he's still at the point where, oh, there's a time and a place and I don't want to scare them off. After three years? Yet he's fine with evangelizing. And and, and, it, and it's bothersome because he used to be a hardcore vegan outreacher. And we met at an animal rights conference. I never in a million years thought that this would have happened. Never. And one of the reasons we bonded is because he believed in abstinence. And he agreed that we could both be celibate even in marriage. But then he kind of changed his mind. He wasn't really sure. And now... Nellie doesn't want to be with anyone. It's just very tragic. And it's like, I don't know. Maybe it's because of the disability. Maybe it's because it's the, the church. Maybe it's because it's everything. But it he's not the vegan that I once met. And I just, again, never would have thought. But now, you know, you're saying the same thing. This. Yeah friend of yours and 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 that's very bothersome to me he was also okay with like gay people as long as they weren't fornicating and whatnot and now he's completely against it now i do want to mention and <laughs> this will go on a little I'll, I'll try to keep it on on point but it's a little bit of a tangent <sighs> the whole gay movement I want to say two things about it. Okay, number one. I feel that you can't tell somebody who to love. And I wouldn't want to tell a guy that he has to love a woman, you know, marry a woman, if he doesn't really want to. If he wants to be with a man. Because is that fair to her? No. It's not fair to him either. But it's really... I mean, to make a homosexual man marry a woman, I think that that's wrong. And that used to happen all the time. And, I mean, you know, the you could say the same for the other side. But usually, for some reason, it was the man that was gay, not the woman who was. But or So we, so we heard. Um, but now it's so prevalent. Like, gay is so accepted now, well, not everywhere, but in a lot of places, that it's it's a little bit disappointing to me as a hetero, I'm not heterosexual, hetero-romantic <laughs> asexual. It's, I mean, I okay, even though I'm an asexual, I consider myself traditional. Even though I said that relationships are difficult and I don't want controversy and whatnot, I do have 
the vision in my mind that I could be married to my love and I would just be doing my art, you know, performing and whatnot and be able to make a decent living doing that and also help the world, you know, by being famous because when you're famous, you can do more activism and that is like an ideal life for me. I don't really just want to be by myself. I do like love. But now the gay is it's so prevalent and also I want to say with like divorce being so easy to do. And again, I'm not against divorce cuz I would rather somebody divorce someone than kill them. Well, yeah. But it's like the part, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but like because these things are now so common, I think that leaves my kind of dream, if you would, almost flat because I can't count on the fact that I wouldn't be divorced. I can't count on the fact that all the guys out there are, you know, want to get married or straight. I mean, like there's options now. There's lots of options. And one could say, oh, well, it's genetic. But I don't know. It might not be genetic for everybody. And there's but then there's the other side of the coin that's like, OK, you should be able to love who you want to love. You know, it's like you're you're loving the soul. But I don't even know. Do people love souls anymore? To me, it just seems like people get together and whatever happens, happens. I don't know. To me, that's what it seems like. Well, okay. And well, I, I would like to respond to that, Monique, because here's the thing. Whether somebody is like, okay, the, this whole idea of people looking for somebody, um, whether, whether they're looking for somebody sexually or romantically – Notice that it always seems tied to a person of a certain gender. Well, they're not loving they're not loving the soul, they're loving the body because if there is such a thing as a soul, which I don't really necessarily believe, it wouldn't have a gender. It couldn't have any gender. It wouldn't have a sex organs or anything. So, to really love the the soul or maybe, you know, love the personality of the person, we might say, well, in that case, then it doesn't matter. You can love anybody of any gender, any color, any species, whatever. But what people do, Monique, is they look for relationships with somebody who suits their particular weird preferences. And while I think those preferences are probably um, genetic to a certain degree and the rest environmental, I'm hoping that we can transcend all that, that we can rise above that and just see um, it for the illusion that it is, that we may look different, but we're all the same. Yes, we are. But I want to say that the way I was raised, I always wanted to get married, have a love, and, you know, you're talking about genders and colors. I really wanted to do the traditional thing. I really wanted... <laughs> a cute guy and you know I'm going to put it out there because I would never say this to someone's face because I'd never want to hurt them but I really would like to marry within my own race and there are a lot of people that still feel that 
I forget if it was eHarmony. There's one there's one dating service online where they ask you that. Like, do you want to, you know, date interracially or not? And the higher percentage says they want to keep within their own race. But yet, Chandler, I want everybody to know that I believe in equal opportunity and nobody should be exploited for their color. Nobody should be disrespected for their color. And I feel bad about that. But I think, too, it's like it's a cultural thing. It's kind of like you might be attracted to your own race because of, you know, how you were raised. Don't don't mistake the fact that if a lot of your needs or wants come from you as a child, they really do. You can get out of some things for sure. But you know what they always say, like the developmental years stay with you for the lifetime. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's bothersome. And um, it's interesting because it's not just me as a Caucasian person that, like, deals with this. I, well, I mean, <laughs> I heard in a comedy club some nights ago, it was, um, it was a black guy real funny, nice. He's like, yeah, he's like, I, I like white women. So when they turn me down, I'll call them racist, you know, and nobody actually laughed. But the funny thing is <laughs> that's happened to me. And I don't want to feel like that because that's my like personal preference. Like, I don't think you can get more personal than the person that you're going to marry. But, you know, like I said, I do feel I do feel a little bad about it. But I mean, we all do have preferences. And yeah, so I'm putting that out there because I know that there's other people that deal with that. And if you are another race that's listening to this, um you know, I, I feel, I feel for you, like, I still believe, like you said, Chandler, it's, well, you don't even know if there's a soul. I want to believe that it's based upon our spiritual soul connection in the end. But like you said, it's our needs, our wants, it's our weirdisms. But I mean, I do feel that people are just attracted to certain types and people say like what's your type i hate it i hate that expression but to an extent that's what it is now in my case and your case (laughs) i haven't really been able to get my type because i'm i'm a celibate asexual so you know i mean i've tried i've been out there i've been in relationships and 90 percent of the reason was because I didn't want to have sex and not just in marriage. I mean, not just like before marriage, but then like my late twenties, I realized I don't want to have intercourse. What's the point? Yeah. And then that, you know, that just, you know, forget it with like my partners. 
So it's only been recent, like the past few years that I realized that I was an asexual and now I'm there. The, the community is building. So there actually is more of an opportunity now for me to find someone, but it's still very difficult. And, um, yeah, like the whole religion thing, I do think that there, to an extent, I think people that come out of the church tend to have a more moral background, but like, like we're saying, the traditionalist, you know, the orthodox, it's kind of scary with how they treat the women, especially in today's day and age, because women, we are supposed to like do all this stuff in order to be like equal in society. And we've gone through schools and, and it's, it's very confusing. I mean, if I didn't have three college degrees, maybe this wouldn't bother me as much, you know, if I didn't have like the opportunities that I have, but I do. And I realize that I'm smarter than a lot of guys. So why should I be made to do all this stuff and run myself down just because like somebody is a believer, has some morals and like is, you know, putting the Bible over my head saying I'm a sinner. Like I don't, I don't want that for my life. So I had called, I had called Chandler and I was highly upset when I was, um, when I was like thinking about, you know, should I, should I sing or whatnot? Cause yeah, but Chandler, I, I still want to hear more of your, your story. And because I, I, I feel that it's very important for people that are listening to this 20th episode. Congratulations. Happy anniversary Chandler. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Oh, um, I think it's important that people are listening because I do know that there are religious people listening to this just based upon the fact that our show has the word celibate in it. So, yeah, um, yeah. It, and a, a few yeah, words. It's and then there's other people that, you know, they're kind of iffy about the church. And then I'm sure there's atheists listening to us, too. But, yeah, I mean, I got to tell you, Chandler, I know that you're an atheist, but you have a lot of values and morals. I have met atheists where they're highly sexual, highly, and a, a lot of them tend to be like heavy drinkers and don't really take that great care of themselves. Like some of the ones that I met, this is what I've seen, even on the asexual site. Like, I don't know if you have met this type because you are an atheist, but I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not like a big fan of the personality type. I mean, you, you, you have a few friends that I know of. And I mean, personally, I find that they're filthy in their thought and not as many values as somebody who would be a Christian. But on the other hand, they're not going to call me a sinner. (laughs) but they'll they'll say something else about me you know what I'm saying which I don't like so yeah well I yeah I have a few things to say about that Monique okay yeah it's sort of a blessing and a curse um because now here's one little issue now um first of all 
there's isn't really an atheist personality <laughs> and you know this is a misconception that a lot of people have they think that you know um you know atheists are are a bunch of immoral people who go around raping and murdering people um because because they don't think there's a god and like as if believing there's a god ever stopped anyone from doing awful things it doesn't no, I don't think that they're rapists and murderers. I understand what you're saying. Right. But I do tend to see some of them as being even more promiscuous than someone that's faith-based. I mean, you can even look at some of the um, the uh, famous artists that were proclaimed atheists. Like, one is Jack Kerouac. He went around, he traveled, and he was like a total alcoholic womanizer oh Nietzsche another one I think he died of some sexual disease and you know they just I think that they're more hedonist types than a faith-based person I really really do not all of them yeah. but and, and I think a lot of them are, are are more prone to believe in abortion too and not that we want to get into that completely because we've we've talked about it, but like you and I as a vegan, we don't want to kill any creature, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of them, they, they, you know, they don't. But then again, you know, Christians, <laughs> they're they're uh, what's the word? Um, hypocritical in their way of thinking, too, sometimes when it comes to terminating pregnancies. Yeah, well, what's interesting, Monique, and this is actually very important to my story, because the the fact that the different Christians can't agree with each other on whether abortion is good or bad, or whether it's a sin or whatever, or whether it should be legal, the very fact that they couldn't agree on it, such an important matter, because this issue has been important to me for years, even long before I became vegan, because it was the abortion issue that led to my veganism because of my insistence on not killing things. <laughs> you know. But here's the deal. The fact that they could not agree on it showed me that they were not getting their morals from a common source. If they all had a true agreed-upon source for their morals, they would all be in agreement with each other. Even if I disagree with them, the rest of them, they would all be in agreement with each other, which shows to me that their, that a person's morality, they don't obtain it from their religion. They obtain it from, the, from their family, their friends, their, their schools, and the, their culture around them. And so simply growing up at, in a different time period – if you like if you had been born a few decades earlier or a few decades later that would change all your religious and political views right there so when yeah. you when you see how a person's morals are developed and you see that there it's not even their religion so much that makes them that way uh, because quite honestly these religions have very little to say about certain issues, except, well, there's the homosexuality issue, which, of course, they quote Leviticus, uh, I think it's chapter 19 or something, um, that where it talks about homosexuality being an abomination, and they always use that for their whole thing against the gay people. 
But then you've got the pro-gay Christians. You've got gay Christians who started their own gay churches. And it's like – and so I found there to be no stability. I needed more stability. And so from my perspective, Monique, the Christians were not moral enough because they had no standard, no foundation upon which they're basing anything. That's interesting that you just said that you needed stability because, see, that goes back to my – my point where I wanted to be married to a cute guy. And like when I was younger, I thought, oh, I'll have four babies and I'll be a princess and be in a castle. But, you know, as I got <laughs> older, I realized that, you know, four babies, I'm not going to be able to do anything. So, um, my, you know, as I got older, I just wanted to have a marriage partner who would understand my artistic talents and, be good people and help, yeah, help other people. Like that's, you know, the time that I would be, that I, that I would have on not raising kids, I could give that to helping others that need it, that are already here. So, but with all these different choices now that people have, you know, be gay, be transgender, be, um, pan, Pan, pansexual be uh bisexual i mean it's like it's just confusing to me and i mean i again i don't want to be discriminatory but i guess i'm a little bit disappointed and depressed because even though i definitely don't want those people to be discriminated against it it kind of just makes it harder i think for somebody like me that just wants that that stability that traditional thing because i don't know i mean it just seems like anybody can be anyone and just leave you know pay, i mean i even thought like before like after a while i thought well maybe i should be um what is it uh polyamorous like it would be great to be able to love like different people because well, two reasons, because I had at one point all these guys coming up to me and it's I don't like to hurt people's feelings. I don't. I'll hurt their feelings if they want to have sex. I'm going to say no to that. But, you know, but as far as like them liking me, I can't help people from liking me. And then not only that, because I had so many guys break up with me. I thought this is unstable. How could I like trust one person? Like, w wouldn't it be better for me to have multiple partners? That way, if one leaves or one dies, I'm not like holding the bag. Yes, yeah, so you know. You but then that doesn't like really that doesn't really work either. Like, I mean, then you really can't really love that like one person. Like, devote yourself to that one person. But by doing that, that's like that's a big chance today. And it's like, I don't know. I just don't. I really thought that I was going to be married to my um, my former vegan who's turned, you know, well, I'm not really sure exactly. He's like Pentecostal, Seventh-day Adventist, just evan evangelical. And it's like, it didn't work. And why did it, didn't it work? Because, well, one of the things that set it off was I had mentioned about past lives and how someone had said that I was a nun in six past lives. 
And he started crying and saying that I wasn't going to go to heaven. And I'm like, I'm just mentioning it to you. He's like, do you believe that there's only one life? I said, only, only God knows. Like, maybe he didn't put it in the Bible. Maybe, you know, who knows? I don't know. Nobody knows. And he was really upset about that. And that was one of the underlying things that made him walk out the door. And it's, and it's like, I think to myself, oh my gosh, like I could just say something and somebody's going to leave. Like how stable is that? Oh man, that's and crazy. I, I, I think so. But then again, like I said with you, I just, I want to be on the same page as someone. I don't want to fight with people anywhere. <laughs> and that's why I, you know, I, I don't want to get a roommate or anything. Like I, I would just, I don't know, maybe there is that person out there, but it's just, it's so risky. Even in the asexual community, it's risky because everybody has so many different options in this day and age. Well, and they you, can just leave. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting about it is like, you know, Okay, now first of all, Monique, you know that I don't literally believe in choice, but that, but we'll put that aside for now, and let's talk about the many choices that people have. I mean, they have choices in the sense they have all these options, and I feel what this does is this actually creates a confusion, because, I mean, uh, you know, now we have this thing where everybody's trying to figure out what they are, decide what they are, like, oh, do I... Am I gay or am I straight or what religion am I or what political party am I? And everybody's trying to find themselves in some kind of mad quest to figure it all out. And in a sense, although, I mean, I think that people should be able to, to, to you know, do with their life what they think is right, you know, because um, I don't want everybody to be forced to. Uh, I don't want it to be communist, you know what I mean? I, I don't want it to be like where you are forced to be of a certain religion and you have to do everything a certain way and you got to all wear the same clothes. I don't want it to turn out like that. But at the same time, back when the everyone was under the influence of, of, of Christianity and everybody – seem to agree on things even if it was a false disagreement there was less confusion because there was at least the illusion of harmony um, but now what we have is you've got all this chaos you've got all this chaos with politics and sexuality and the vegan versus carnist debate and so what i'm saying is these choices actually have turned out to be kind of a bad thing because yeah. that because now there's this conflict of interest Oh, I completely agree with you, Chandler. It, and it's not it's not about being prejudiced. It's exactly what you just said. And um <laughs> you know, I I don't know what to do like cuz I'm of a progressive nature. So, you know, what do we do? Do we go backwards? I still believe in celibacy, I'll tell you that much. And one thing I was thinking about with the whole lesbian gay bisexual, um, transgender, queer, like why, or transsexual, queer, they all have sexual in them, except gay and lesbian, unless you want to call it gay, sexual, lesbian, sexual, but you don't, but they all mean really that the person is sexual and 
I'm thinking to myself, maybe it wouldn't be as it would be less confusing, and of course we would like this, if it was just gay attracted, lesbian attracted, or I don't know what you want to put, like lesbian gender, gay gender, yeah. transgender. The, it, because when you put the sexual thing in there, that I think really makes it go out of sync. Because now people experiment. You know, they're experimenting a lot with the sexual and not just the attraction. Okay, you could be attracted to somebody, but that doesn't mean you're going to have sex with them. Yeah. So it would be better. It would be better to, like, say that it's okay for these people to feel attraction, but not, you know, not be be calling it out as sexual. But but since it's not like that right now, I want to get to this whole string of letters, the LGBTQT. There is a controversy going on, of course. I'm sure you've seen it on Facebook. Why don't they put the I for intersexual, the P for pansexual, and the A for asexual? Now, I want to say that I think... That if they're going to put all these sexual letters, that the A should definitely be there. Because I don't think that it's fair for you to put the string of letters, all of them being sexual, and then leave out the people that aren't. Because we are in a minority. And how else are we supposed to get our identity out there? When we've been discriminated and marginalized and people could be like, oh, well, you know, that doesn't count. Like you, you're not people don't know if you're celibate or whatnot. It's like, no, it does count. People know. <laughs> Trust me. People ask people. They shouldn't. But they ask about your sex life or they ask if you're just like you said, they ask if you're married. Do you have a relationship? It's so I think the age <laughs> definitely should be on there. Yeah. You know, this and, reminds me of a funny story, Monique. Okay, you okay. might you might find this funny just to lighten the mood a little bit. Okay, so a long time ago, my mom had some teeth extracted, and you know she didn't really have teeth for a, for a while. Um, you know now she had now she has dentures. But um, okay, so I used to shop at this grocery store called Hen House. It's actually owned by the same people who own Price Chopper. But so what we did is we bought my mom baby cereal it was baby cereal it was kind of like malto meal but basically it's something that you it, it's food that you can practically drink that you don't need teeth for so that was what we bought my mom is like this baby food cereal and there was this cashier there that would see me buying that and so she's like do you have a child and i'm like no and she's like are are you married or do you have a girlfriend or <laughs> <laughs> it's like like she was trying to figure out why I was buying this baby cereal but it was just so awkward how she ended up asking me those questions like do you have a girlfriend are you married like she immediately assumed because I'm buying baby cereal that I must be that I must have a baby that I'm feeding it to and the baby was my mom so <laughs> <laughs> that is funny that is funny um, but yeah, like, can you imagine if you said, no, I'm an asexual, she would be like, what, what's that? Most likely she wouldn't know. And why is that? Because we're not talked about. 
only in our own like special Facebook groups. And, um, you know, some people think that it's a disorder. So it has to, I, I really do feel that the A needs to be on there. I also think that the I needs to be on there too. And actually this is the, this is the real reason why I was a gay friendly activist because when I found out that people actually had two different parts and, you know, they were told that being gay is bad. Well, I mean, how could you discriminate against a person that has male and female organs? That's just wrong. Yeah. God, if you want to, if you want to go there, God made that person biologically with two different reproductive type of organs. Uh-huh. So you mean to tell me that if that person is liking like one gender or the other or both, that there's something wrong with them? Yeah. I mean, that, come on. Weird. Yeah. And, 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 and look, and look, you could look more like a girl, but you could have, you could have a penis up you, but look more like a girl. Uh-huh. So now if you like girls because you have this like, you know, penis that's undisclosed, but you physically look like a girl and people are going to say, you know, well, you're gay. They're going to discriminate against the, the, the fact that this, this girl is liking girls, but she really has a penis. So how can you, <laughs> you know? I, yeah. And I, that, that's one of the big reasons there, there was this character that the, the name was Pat on Saturday night live. It was so funny. I mean, we don't say Pat was a hermaphrodite. We didn't know if Pat was a man or a woman. But now we say intersexual instead of hermaphrodite. It's politically correct. Um, But yeah, like that was like a a big reason. And I remember telling my my great aunt who passed, but she was a born again Christian, you know, which she didn't believe in in gays. This, This was back in like the 90s. And I said, well, what about these types of people? And she just glossed over it. But it's something that happens. Just like anything can happen. Yeah, well, you know. Kids could have Down syndrome. Kids could have multiple sclerosis. I mean, things happen to people when they're, you know, being developed. Yeah, well, you know, Monique, yeah, and I've researched some of that stuff too. And see, while we're on the topic, because we still are on topic, although it may not seem like it uh, to our audience. Um, See, here's the thing. Since we're discussing, you know, the issues with Christianity and part of what led me to um, get out of Christianity, you know, there was an element of this whole transgender issue. Thing that was interesting to me because, see, for the longest time, I mean, this went on for a few years actually. I was convinced that I wanted to be a woman. I thought I was a girl trapped in a boy's body and all this stuff. And and so, what's interesting about it though is that when I would look at anything Christians would say about it, 
Because when actually I wasn't even looking for what Christian said about it, but you just search on Google about transgender or anything about gender weirdness, and then you have all these Christians saying it's a sin. So like Christians are saying that being transgender is a sin because you know supposedly you're going against what God designed you as, and, you know it's like this, so this was an issue um, for me personally because it not not even talking. Could not because this isn't even about homosexuality. It's not about anything sexual. It, but it was about a gender identity issue. Like, well, what am I? Like, and you know, and society puts you into a box that you know you're supposed to be violent and watch sports and play with toy cars if you're a boy, and not so much with me. Uh, you know, I, I, I preferred to play Barbies with Tasha when I was growing up, you know, and so it's like this whole gender issue and the way Christians were so weird about gender and then the whole sexuality thing at large just led me to see it is crazy. It is as you described, like to discriminate against somebody and treat them weird because they have a certain set of privates. That's that's just like racism. It's so it's it's a form of sexism is what it looks like to me. Yeah. So I that's why I was um really Yeah, I I I was I I started becoming upset with the church when I I would say like in the late 90s when the whole gay marriage was even, you know, discussed because it, it, it actually became legal in Hawaii in the late nineties and then they revoked it. So I don't know what happened to all those people that were married in Hawaii and then they took it away. But, um, I, I also found a letter in my college of some woman and the letter stated that she wanted to kill herself because she just realized that she had feelings for a woman. She was a lesbian. It was on the floor and I found it. And I just, I knew that I could not discriminate against people for who they they loved. I didn't want to see people bullied or killed. And this kind of stuff was happening. And that's why I was a gay-friendly activist. I even made a song about it. And we're going to play that right now, aren't we, Chandler? <laughs> yeah. That, well, it's called She Wants No Boyfriend, Just a Wife. She rolls up the stockings, puts red on her lips. She paints dark purple on her fingertips. She's sultry and sexy, her body a tin. Goes only one problem, she doesn't like me, man. Lipstick, lesbian, lesbian. Looks like heaven, but she's a lesbian. 
she's been harassed by men looking and feels a female would be more nurturing. Whereas men have been too demanding, and her spirit, body, and dreams not understanding. So if you're a guy hearing this song, don't be surprised when women walk away. She prays to God, please straighten her life. She wants no boyfriend, just a wife. Her friends and family think it's just a fake. Or could she really be gay? I'm a virtuous lesbian. Let's get married in Honolulu. Try you all for Canada. Oh, it's just too weird. Oh, look, she bought herself a Oh, it's just too queer. Honey, that ain't no massager. So I made up that song. There was this this person that I was working with, and he called me a lipstick lesbian. Now, <laughs> the, re- <laughs> the reason he did this is because he was gay, number one. And I noticed some gay people, they wanted you to be in their corner. You know, especially like back, this was in the late 90s. And, you know, people were prejudiced against him. I wasn't. You know, he was my, he was my radio partner. Um, and another reason is because I was celibate Chandler and because I did not do it, 
<laughs> and he was gay trying to get me in his corner and like I wasn't having sex. Therefore, he thought maybe I'm a lesbian and call me a lipstick lesbian because a lipstick lesbian are the ones that look more feminine as opposed to the butch. I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, that was but be. you know, when I, when I tried to, when I tried to promote this song on my own, oh, all hell broke loose. And I will say that word hell because I went through some psychological turmoil because people were asking me, was I gay? Was, this was awful. And then guys, some guys were or are still turned on by lesbians. You know, like the whole Howard Stern thing, kissing lesbians, topless kissing lesbians. And that's not what I was trying to do at all in this song. So um, I put it away and then I took it out again once being gay was becoming more like progressive and it wasn't all about sex. Um, I, I finished it up, I tweaked it, and then it won some song awards. So, but I never truly, truly promoted it because, um, yeah, my time passed. Uh, people wanted to make me like a sex symbol with this song. I'm serious. Me, a sex symbol? I'm celibate, you know? So, I don't, I so, don't. So, in other words, they wanted you to be like the next Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my song was way before her time. And when she was singing about, the, the the lesbian song that she does, she has like one line in there, like a human experiment or something like that. And see, that's what I mean. What I said like 15 minutes ago, that people like have choices and, you know, they can try anything like with different like sex stuff. And it's, it's not simple. It's not like, it's not, it's not moral and value. Like it used to be, I feel with just the heterosexual couples because people are trying all different things. Um, but even if you're gay, there's still like, you know, values have gone down in my opinion. Um, because uh, you know, people, people did used to wait until they were married. They did. I mean, some people didn't, but, um, yeah. So like her song is vastly different from my song, but you know, she's like a multimillionaire and I have $20,000 that I can't remove off of my credit card. So, <laughs> but I, even today, like, I, I don't know, like performing that today, I did perform it before, but again, like it was almost harming my, my personal life. Like, cause like some got, there were a few guys that I liked during that time and they you know, they weren't up for that. Like, I don't know. But now they would probably think, oh, it's cool. Like, it's progressive. But yeah, yeah. it well, was it was made it was made for a, it, tolerance. But Katy Perry's, you know, her, the whole song is like just so sexual. And it bothers me because I, I do truly believe in celibacy or I wouldn't be doing the show with you. Yeah. And, and, and you know, Monique. This reminds me of that time when I remember I asked you, you know, like, would you consider a relationship with some woman? And, and the reason that I asked you that was because I was thinking, you know what, maybe women, women are, are more stable, maybe they're more loving and she would have better luck with someone, with someone who's a woman than a man because men seem to be really screwed up. <laughs> that was what I oh. meant by it, you know. 
oh, okay, thank you. Thanks for explaining. And I think you're right. I mean, the thought has crossed my mind like recently because I have been, I've been a little lonely, but I still can't see myself living with a woman till death do us part. I can't do it. <laughs> but, you know, I, but definitely, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that there, there is maybe more stability. I do even like, even between like two that would have morals. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I just, I, I think this sounds funny, but I wouldn't want to be a lesbian and see that makes it sound like it's a choice where for some people I think it's not a choice. I think it could be both Chandler. I really, really do. I think, I think, I think you could be biologically drawn to them. And I also think that it could just be a preference due to different things that have happened in your life. I think it's both. And <laughs> that touches upon religion. Again, I think that it could be a combination of things, beliefs that are the truth. Even you, even atheism, atheism could be in there. You know, it could be like Jesus is the son of God with past lives that were not like talked about with possible atheism because maybe there's nothing like for some people, you know what I'm saying? I think that there's room for a lot of different things that we all experience bundled into one package. But when you're in the church, it's either all or nothing. And I would consider myself an academic because I mean, I was number fifth in my high school, 435 students. I think I was number one or two out of my middle school. I took these standardized tests in middle school and I was always in the top 1%. Well, not always. I, I think I bounced between the top 1% and the top 3%. And yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm a cerebral type of person. I am an artist, so that's not necessarily intellectual, academic, but, you know, prior in my schooling, I just learned critical thinking and whatnot. And also, I went to public kindergarten, eight years of Catholic school, four years of public high school, three years of a state college, which is now a university, and then two years of a private university. So... I'm kind of mixed in with like the public, the secular, and then like the Catholic. And then some really wealthy people went to where I received my MFA, Masters in Fine Arts. I mean, Peter Gabriel's daughter went there when I was there. Um, Tom Petty's daughter went there. I, look up Sarah Lawrence College. There's a whole slew of people that went there. Um, my family wasn't rich <laughs> and I got to go because my, my grandfather passed and he left me a little money. And anyway, my, the graduate degree, it, it cost a third of what the undergrads were paying. And also because my father was a wounded vet, I received 440 some dollars per month for five years towards my college. So that's how that got paid for. Um, 
So I feel like I've seen it all. You know, I like I said, I performed in gay clubs. I was on dance radio. I, I, I've, I've been with a gamut of people and, you know, spiritual people, religious people, people that don't believe in anything, you know, scientific. And it's like, I can see where different people are coming from. And that's where I start putting the pieces together. And, but, and if I question it, then I'm either going to be ostracized or I'm going to, they're going to try to counsel me to not believe it. And I could be the type of person that easily submits. I'll tell you that. And why is that Chandler? Because I don't like conflict (laughs) and I could easily be, you know, well, maybe, maybe, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Which is great why I do these shows, because actually when I do the shows, I become stronger in my convictions on why I thought the way I did in the first place, you know, and I can let it all out. So I, I hope that I'm helping some people. And I, I bet there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way, that it's not one thing or the other. We all know that most things are not black or white. There's a gray area. And why shouldn't the same be of for a person's religion? But the last thing I want to say is I am concerned with people being so open-minded that it actually hurts them in the long run. I mean, how many people have been open-minded where they're like just trying all these sexual things and then, you know, something goes wrong, some, you could die, or drugs for another, you know, I mean, people are open-minded, they take drugs and whatnot, they think it's spiritual or whatnot, but you could die from that, um, yeah. you know. And then I also think today, I was thinking in the car, a lot of guys they've been on the forefront of inventions but like okay most guys like if there's a speeding car usually it's a guy and not a girl although there's some girls out there but and and a lot of the rudest drivers are male instead of female although there's some rude females too but you you wonder why are they speeding they they know that you know they they could hit somebody or someone can hit them or in it's unsafe but then i think to myself well, you know what else was unsafe? Uh, getting us up into the air to like fly. That was really unsafe. What the heck were the, uh, <laughs> the Orville and what, what were the brothers' names again? The Wright brothers. The brothers. The the, the one who the, the who Wright, made the airplanes. The Wright, the Wright brothers. Yeah, the Wright brothers. What were they thinking? <laughs> yeah. They, I mean, they could have died, right? Yeah. They could have died. They were trying to and. And now we have this huge airline industry that like, oh, I mean, you don't want to fly. Why? It's so quick. You know, like you want to drive. You want to like sail a ship. I mean, it's like, why not fly? I mean, this was like a dangerous concept to make. And now it's completely mainstream. You know what I'm saying? So there's certain things that are open minded and dangerous and then they lead to great things. And then there's other things that you're open-minded and dangerous and they lead to death. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that life is just really funny like that. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's it's very interesting, Monique, because I mean, when when talking about things that are risky, I mean, we've talked over and over about how risky sexual intercourse is, and notice that people just do dangerous things, and I think it's because they, okay, they either don't really, they're not really aware of the risks of all that can happen, um, or they just really don't care. They want to do something so bad that they don't they don't care if they die doing it. Yeah. Right. They don't care. And there's a lot of people out there they don't want to live long lives, you know. I guess they just don't want to get old. But I personally always thought it would be awesome to live like be like one of the longest living person ever you know show people that I lived a healthy wholesome life and get to be 122 yeah wouldn't I, that be something yeah I mean I I haven't been I I have not been perfect that's for sure but especially in my later years I've you know with the plant-based lifestyle and I also want to mention to you that, um, and I'm not going to get too personal here because this is my personal life, but, um, you know, we, we spoke before where we say celibacy from intercourse, but there were a few relationships that I had where I went further than I should have, and I'm disappointed. I wouldn't have done that today. I wouldn't have. And you were saying before that you were like even concerned about the kissing. Well, I think you're right. I think that anytime there's bodily fluids that are involved, you're putting yourself at risk. The ultimate is intercourse. That's the ultimate. But um yeah, like putting a genital in a mouth or putting a tongue, you know, tongue to tongue. Yeah, I mean, I really, I'm not sure what the answer is, Chandler. I, I don't, I, I didn't think this before, but I do think this now. I, I feel that the oral, I don't think that it's a good idea. If you're going to, you definitely should be married, but I don't think it's a good idea to put a genital in a, in a mouth. I just don't, even if you're married. I think, I think kissing is good, but I, again, I think that, mm, I think people should be tested and I, I kind of think that they should be married. I mean, I don't know. Like, I just think that anything could present potential risk and why would you want to do that with somebody that you might not be with for the rest of your life? But here's the thing. <laughs> Even if you're married, you might not be with that person for the rest of your life because of what we've said. There's so many choices. There's divorces. And it's, you know, so I don't know. I, I, I think closed mouth kissing is like the safest way to go. I mean, anything is going to, there's going to be risk in anything. I mean, you could have a skin disease. I could hug you. And then I'm going to get that skin disease because I gave you a hug. Yeah, but I just that it's there's more of a risk when it comes to 
the um the bodily fluids. So yeah, obviously. I, I, but I would like to expand my 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 view of celibacy to at least the oral, like, you know, no, no, no sexual fluids. I'd like to expand that. And I didn't think that way before I used to, but then it became the thing that people did if they didn't want to have intercourse and, you know, they wanted to remain celibate. And then that gosh, darn Bill Clinton, I think he made it like popular. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I do think so. Yes, I do. Him and the Lewinsky thing. It's like after that, it's like the oral went up the roof. But um, it is statistically. But um, but I, I want to definitely expand that celibate to to the to the oral. I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it just seems like a no brainer. You know that that's got to be an awful thing to do. I mean, okay, here's an here's a very interesting thing, Monique. In fact, this is actually kind of related. Okay, now today there was a mosquito. Okay, I got home and I was eating my broccoli, and so there was this mosquito on my arm that was sucking my blood, and I didn't do anything. I didn't move, and I just let it have its fill of my blood, and then it flew away. Um, but, you know, it, it even though – and you know what I think. First of all, I think that if you don't try to harm a mosquito, eventually it will leave you alone, and it doesn't even cause a rash or anything because I didn't have a problem. But there, notice how so many people are absolutely terrified – of mosquitoes or spiders or other bugs that you know could potentially bite them and poison them or what whatever and you know people get do get infected with diseases from mosquitoes as we know but isn't it funny how the same people who would run from a mosquito uh or a spider um (laughs) you know supposedly they consent to let somebody put their dirty dick in them. You know, that is a total contradiction because I'll tell you that that penis has more more harmful diseases that come out of that and infect you than any mosquito out there. <laughs> it's a weapon. It's a weapon. You own a weapon, Chandler. I know, and I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and nobody has a license for it either. <laughs> I know, it's scary. It's a gun with no license, man. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. That's another thing regarding the Christian religion. They are so gun-toting hap- happy anymore, you know, with the Second Amendment. Look, I I believe in protecting oneself, too, but it's it's... I think of like Jesus, he didn't have any weapons on him. For goodness sake, he was practically walking around in bare feet, you know? It's like, he he was so vulnerable. He was like so non-protective, like he didn't have armor on or anything. And I just think it's so interesting how they have really taken this Politically, the Second Amendment, all the way, the Christians. Again, yeah. I'm not saying that they can't have a gun to protect their family, but I, 
I find that it's really interesting because Jesus said, turn the other cheek. But some of the Christians are the biggest um, gun. Um, what's the word when you have like an armory or something? You know, um, yeah. yeah, armory, I guess. Yeah, well, you know, I know what you're saying, Monique, because here's what's funny about it is, okay, I know that Republicans, that's their thing, is that they're very pro everybody owning guns, that they all want the right to own guns or whatever. And isn't it funny how that got mixed up with Christianity? And so now it's like they're... Like, you have all these Christians who want to have guns, and it's like, huh. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you know how I feel about guns. It's like, you know, the, the only purpose of having a gun is to, like, shoot and kill something. Unless, of course, it's like a water gun, <laughs> in which case it, it, the worst you'll do is get somebody wet. <laughs> So anyway, why don't you conclude on why you left and how you feel about it? Yeah, okay, well, as you, as you know, I've already explained, you know, the way they treated women and then there's the fact that, you know, they're carnists who justify, you know, the killing of animals based on the, their Bible and, and that it's God's will and that they didn't have a, a foundation upon which they could all agree for their morality. So what happened was, you know, uh, over time, I believed less and less of the religion. And I was trying to figure things out, and I was listening to podcasts, reading books, and, and you know, eventually I got to a point where I didn't legitimately believe any of it. I didn't believe that there was a God. I didn't believe that there even was a Jesus. And even if there was, I don't think that that we that anyone can deserve to go to hell. Um, I or, or or you know what I mean. And even if so, the crucifixion of somebody, whether it's Jesus or anybody else, would not actually save us from anything. Um, the only way to sa save yourself is to go celibate and vegan. <laughs> but um, basically, um, how I feel about it, though, now is, well, it gave me a chance to start my life over again. Since I, after no, you know, no longer being um, bound by having to conform to a certain religion – made me think, wait, I can think everything out now. I could think, is something right or wrong? Not, is it God's will, but is it right or wrong? Or not, or not is it God's plan for my life, but do I want to do it or not? You know. So it, it got me really considering things from a more logical perspective and with no contradictions because now I have a moral code. Now I know the way I want to live my life, and I don't have the internal struggle of of believing one way while professing to believe a religion that tells me I have to be different, you know? So, because otherwise I couldn't be vegan. I couldn't be celibate if I was trying to live under the rules of Christianity. 
I could never go back to that system. And I want to make mention that in Christianity, they'll state that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice. You know, I mean, he, he sacrificed his life or God sacrificed his son's life. And, you know, the sacrifices used to be animals. And then Jesus was the human animal sacrifice. And I, I just, it does bother me that this is considered the plan, just as you said, like an hour ago about the animal sacrifices, about an hour ago. Yeah. It's like, why did, you know, and then Abraham was tested to kill his son Isaac if he loved God. It's like, why, why would you test people to kill that that seems so uh, yeah it so, seems so wrong it doesn't seem like a loving god which is what i in my mind even though there's horrific things that happen i still want to believe that there is a loving god you know that there's a plan and when i hear this kind of stuff i mean Abraham didn't wind up killing Isaac. It was just a test. But he did, you know, he killed Jesus. You know, we went through with that. Why? What? Why do people have to die in order to save us? I mean, I guess if, if you want to if you want to look in history, there were a lot of female suffragettes who tried to get equal rights for females and they died in the process or blacks, Africans, you know, they tried to speak out for, to, to end slavery and some of them escaped. Some of them were caught. They died. Martin Luther King died. So there are people that tried to do good and then they died but they made it better for people in the long run. Yeah. I get, you know, I, I see that. Yeah. But, but God like purposefully saying, I'm going to have my son kneel to a cross in order to save everybody. I, you yeah. know, this, this <laughs> bothers me. And, and this is, this is very highly promoted in the Christian church. You know, Jesus died for you. God gave you his only son. And, and it's like, to me, it just seems sad. And I can't like, I can't really celebrate it. Well, yeah. You know? and, and in fact, Monique, here's the absolute truth. A vegan can't celebrate that. And you know why? Because we can never condone the killing of a cow or a chicken or a pig or a Jesus. It's all the same thing. I don't yeah. want I don't want anybody to die. And I don't I first of all I don't think that we needed to be saved in the first place. But even so, I could never I could I could never accept the sacrifice of another animal. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like it's godly. When I hear godly, I hear of something that's wonderful marvelous taking you to a higher level but these things that we're talking about they end up in pain and corp corpses and i don't find that taking 
anyone or anything to a higher level. Not to mention that our temples, and I truly believe this, our, our bodies are our temples. Whether or not you're religious or whatever, they're, you know, they contain us. You can call our bodies machines, if you like, or our instrument, our tool. But we want to keep it in good shape. So when we talk about sacrificing and, you know, putting a nail through a, a wrist, that's not taking care of the body that holds the soul and the spirit. And I'm actually talking this out right now for the very first time. So it's very disappointing to me, Chandler, because I, I do not consider myself an atheist. I do believe that there's something greater. <laughs> Sometimes I think that it's a game. Sometimes I think there's a plan. I do believe that Jesus was part of the plan. But all this like destruction kind of stuff, it doesn't make me feel gracious. It makes me feel like, well, why? <laughs> you know, why? I mean, I understand if there were like a bunch of bad people and he wiped them out. Like, that's not as bad to me if they were like bad, bad. But poor little baby, baby Isaac, he wasn't doing anything wrong. And his, his dad was about to chop his head off. And Abraham wasn't doing anything really wrong. I, I, don't, I don't know. It was just a test. Well, and it, Jesus definitely wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah, well, you know, in a way, Monique, this kind of relates to how I feel about the abortion issue. And here's what I mean. Okay, now, people do all kinds of terrible things. There's all these, there's all these people murdering other humans and these non-human animals anyway. And then there's these men who rape these women... But you know what's strange about it is that the way that they're killing these babies who have not done any harm while the rapists who get most of these women pregnant, nobody ever talks about um, killing them hardly ever or even putting them in jail to protect society. No, instead – they, in a way, they're offering the human babies as a sacrifice, in a way, who haven't done anything. So they're, so these babies are like Jesus, according to the Christian myth, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it is very sad that a lot of um, rapists, are not brought to justice. And Bill Cosby had a mistrial, so he'll go back. That man, he actually wanted to talk, he wanted to go around the country talking how like black men were falsely accused and how to protect themselves from it. The man drugged and raped like 40 women, allegedly. Uh, even if he didn't, lose this one case I don't feel that he should be going around talking to young men how to protect yourself from women saying that they raped her because 
because he did, because he drugged like 40 women. I mean, unless it's a total conspiracy. So just, just putting it out there. I mean, you're right. I mean, Donald Trump, come on. I'm sure he's out of what, 25 or 30 women that came up. You really think that Hillary put them all up to it? I highly doubt it. I'm sure there was, must have been at least one person. I'm sure many, many more in that 25 or 30 that were harassed. And he just poo-pooed it, calling them liars. And it's horrible because he has all this power. So, yeah, um, I, it, it is bothersome, Chandler, how, how people really don't take this seriously, even in this day and age. Even with more women than men on in the world, even with powerful women, they still don't. They're they're still not prosecuting rapists like they should. I think that anybody that does anything against somebody's will should be prosecuted. Uh -huh. And rape that's like that's a huge thing. You're invading somebody's body, or with harassment, you're scaring them. Because harassment can lead to rape. It does. So it's like if, you, if you're scared that somebody's sexually bothering you, you know, you're probably going to be afraid that they're going to do something even more. It's like a threat kind of a thing. That's what it is. Yeah. It's a threat. Threatening. And, and, you know, people are so far from this, but you should understand this, Monique, that really... Anybody who kills these non-human animals ought to be prosecuted, ought to be put in jail, too. But we know that's not going to happen just because nearly everyone in society agrees that it's God's will for us to kill these animals. And God gave us permission to eat meat. And besides that, where do you get your protein? It's like all the dumb stuff that people believe. Well, not even just because of God, but because they just think that it's the food chain. Survival of the fittest. So, <laughs> survival of the fittest. Okay, then why doesn't everybody just like kill one another until we get to the strongest man on earth? <laughs> That's what I think of that philosophy. By the way, I didn't mean armory before. I think it could be armory, but what I meant was arsenal. The Christians have less guns in their arsenal. Yeah. So, but now don't get me wrong. If there was something going on and my, you know, I was being threatened and a Christian came out with his Second Amendment gun, I'd be very happy. I'm just saying that, you know, I just find that there is this huge um, discrepancy between who Jesus was and what the evangelicals believe. I just do. I think there's a disparity there. So, um, well, can I ask you, do you think that you ever may be swayed to believe that there is something greater or and or later? <laughs> After you pass? Well, I highly doubt it. 
what what about the the law i think einstein said it i energy is neither created nor destroyed yeah but see the thing with that monique is while energy is neither never created nor destroyed it's not like it's ever going to take the exact same shape that it did to remake the same person and and it's it's interesting because when you consider all the cycles the every all the matter of our body came through realizing that it's the same nutrients that literally was in the dirt got absorbed by plants who then who then were eaten by other animals and sometimes other animals were eaten by other animals and then it dies and goes back into the dirt and it's the same stuff that's been forever recycled but it was part of an, an, an uncountable number of plants and animals before us so that matter is no more us or no more or less us than it is you know the dandelions that that grew using that those same that are in our bodies now you know it's a weird thought realizing that we are the planet we are the earth we are the universe you know and so while like what I'm saying, Monique, is there will never be um, anyone else after we die that will be exactly like us. They won't have our memories because those memories can only be attained by our life experience that we had. But you know what I think is I think the, the, the future people, if they exist, maybe they'll be better. That's all I can hope. Somebody with the same with the same um, good intentions as us, you know, um, to carry on what needs to be done. That's all I can say. I have one more question to ask you. All right. I've told you before that I sometimes see patterns of numbers. Uh-huh. Well, what do you think about that? I mean, why do you, for instance, um, there was something that I was very upset about. I won't get into it, but I still am. And in my mind, as I was driving, I said, because I still do pray. I do believe in praying. I just, like I said, I'm not traditional evangelical, but. I feel I still feel there's a source, although not not. I don't know exactly what, <laughs> but um, I said, God, what is this? Is, is this like just a game? Is this just like a game that you know we're supposed to, you know, go through and then that's it? And I looked at the odometer, and I took a photo of it so I could share this with you. My odometer read. One two nine seven seven seven, and then the temperature right next to it said seven seven. So there were five sevens in a row after I asked that question about life being a game. And I don't want life to be just a game, 
But I asked it, and that's what I saw. And next to it, I'm just looking on my um, my speedometer. The next uh, numbers I can see is 140. And 1 is supposed to mean um, the angels are with you, and 4 mean the angels are with you. And I think 0 is kind of like a heaven or an infinity. I forget. I'll have to look online. But anyway, that probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you except for the fact that I just told you I asked a question and I saw a string of five sevens. And I mean, can you not tell me that there's something kind of like out there that kind of maybe answers us sometimes in a mystical way or in a way that can communicate to us instead of like scaring us and like showing some sort of a ghostly form, they communicate in a different way, like with numbers or maybe a butterfly passing by when you think about someone who's passed away or something. What do you think about that? Oh, the door just opened as I was saying that. I'm just telling you that I have the door opened like a crack and it just like opened a little. Or I think I did unless my eyes were skewed. So, I mean, what do you think? Well, you know, if that's supposed to mean something, then it would probably be better if there was, like, I don't know, the ghost of Christmas present or something to appear and give you the actual message in plain English rather than showing you a bunch of sevens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I have a math degree. Oh, it says battery 11% remaining. That's so funny. One, one. I, oh, and in my folder, it says 11. Just I'm just letting you know. And the more I talk about it, Chandler, the more it happens, actually. So. So you're saying that you would rather want a concrete answer than like all these puzzles. Yeah, I have to mention I have to mention one more thing. Um. I've been told by a few Christians, including my former partner, that the Bible gives all the answers that God wouldn't leave us in confusion. <laughs> but the Bible does lead me into confusion when I talk about the different things that concern me. But yeah, like, I mean, I, I think he was he, he was talking about past lives that came up again. Where I'm like, well, you know, maybe they didn't just, it just wasn't put into the Bible. And he said, do you think that God would do that? God wants us to know what to do. And and that's the kind of thing that I think like, oh, well, then, then I start doubting like all the thoughts that I've just mentioned to you just by this one thing. Like, well, I would like to know all the answers. And does God really want to leave us in the darkness? I don't think so, but I don't know. It's kind of a catch-22. There's a, there's a double number again. <laughs> um, it's like you can be confused with religion as an you know, intelligent, feeling person, or you can be confused outside of religion. 
Well, the numbers on Skype are showing me that we've been talking for two hours and six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that a hint to stop? No, give me your your final answer, just like the game show. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not sure what to say about anything anymore. I mean, this has been a very good talk. I mean, um, you know, we've talked about these various issues that are within Christianity and some of these strange beliefs. And, like, I, th I hope I made it clear that, you know, really I want people to be able to look at life and have a reliable method for figuring it out rather than just going by what some ancient book says or what some preacher at their local church says. And I guess it comes down to knowing that what is right or wrong. Um, and, and, of course, I base everything on the golden rule. Uh, I, and I don't think anyone's actually managed to do better than that. You know, if, if, you, if you wouldn't want someone doing it to you, don't do it to somebody else. And as long as we follow that, whether you believe it comes from God or whether you just think it's plain common sense or whether you learned it from My Little Pony or something like that, you know, I mean, <laughs> if everyone was that way, the world would be so much happier. Yeah. And we'd also be rich because we'd have a lot of golden rules <laughs> compiled in our arsenal. <laughs> I see what you and did And then there. I wouldn't be in debt anymore. Can I have some golden rules, Chandler, please? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I, I'm not sure if you can transfer them for, for real human money, though. <laughs> Darn it. Well, I just looked up the 777, so I'm going to give you a link so people can listen to a read and look at it if they're interested, but it says it means collective consciousness, spiritual awakening, determination, logic, discernment, and discerning, and there's a whole bunch of other, oh, it also says chastity. Wow. I'm going to give this link to you and you can post it. Oh, crap. Maybe it does mean something. <laughs> the chastity part. <laughs> and then 7777 says it encourages you to look to higher learning, studying, investigating, and researching topics that genu genuinely interest, interest and resonate with you. So, I don't know, Chandler. You might be changing your mind at some point. But one thing that we're not going to change our mind about is we like celibacy and we like veganism. veganism yeah because it's the safe thing to do and it's actually love because it's a pure love you're not spreading germs you're not killing you're not pounding the person you're not making them take birth control you know yeah. So I still believe in love. I don't know if it's out there. I think it is, but what is love? These are my baby, beliefs. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me <laughs> no more. <laughs> Chandler has a very good voice. It would be amazing for me to sing a song with him someday. 
Yeah. But first I have to first I have to put the bells and whistles on this song. It's called Asexual. I think I'm going to have to have a uh, a fundraiser to finish it because I don't know how I'm going to do it, but we we hope that you like our our celibate asexual song that we're playing for our intro and outro and thank you so much for listening to us. We hope that you we've helped you and healed you and have given you vegan food for thought for me and my celibate vegan compadre Chandler Klebs. I I'm Monique Lukens. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. I need some love, companionship. Won't compromise. I close my lips. Heterosexual. I'm an asexual. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait.